The Ryder Cup is underway. We talk U.S. versus Europe with Donovan Lewis of the ticket. We also learn about his charitable dominoes tournament that benefits education, and he gives us a couple of pretty cool book recommendations. But first, we hear from promoter Al Wash about the State Fair Classic between Grambling and Prairie View A&M, along with some stories about Mary J. Blige, Stevie Wonder, and much more. Then we hear from Todd Krumholtz of JTK Talent about how the Deion Sanders, Nick Saban, Affleck commercial came together and the power of Dallas as a sports business home field advantage. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everybody. Kevin Sullivan here, joined by Monica Paul, the Executive Director of the Dallas Sports Commission. Our next level intern, Marcus Carr, is not with us this week. He's actually in class. Whoever heard of an intern going to class? When Tony Fay was a Mavericks intern, that was part of our arrangement, as he would cut classes at UNT as needed. I'm just kidding. Although Tony did miss quite a few classes, I think. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks for subscribing. Greetings from Sheboygan County, Wisconsin. I'm coming to you this week from the Ryder Cup, where one of our clients, the PGA of America, is running things. And so I am on official mic drop uh, assignment uh, at the Ryder Cup, which is is very cool to to get to do this. Uh, Ryder Cup starts today. More on that coming up from Donovan Lewis. Lots of Dallas connections, as once again, it seems like no matter what the big sporting event, there's always connections that come back to Dallas. All sports roads somehow or other lead to Dallas. Monica, it's episode 32, which makes me think from my Mavericks days, we had a great run of 32s with Detlef Schrempf, who of course would later go on to fame with Parks and Rec, the, the show, uh, Herb Williams, and Jamal Mashburn, three, three of my favorites. We had Josh Hamilton, of course, wore 32 with the with the rangers but in honor of of krista melia who really bailed me out this week with help uh on the show uh even more than she always does our producer krista melia uh her one of her favorite players in her many years with the stars was was uh, was uh kari letton in the goalie and he wore number 32 for eight years so in honor of krista we are dedicating uh tonight's program uh, to, to Kari Letton. And, you know, Walt Garrison wore 32 for the Cowboys. He was an amazing guy, both a pro rodeo cowboy and Dallas cowboy raised a ton of money through the Walt Garrison all-star rodeo for, for muscular, uh, uh, multiple sclerosis research, but we're going with Kari Letton and for, for Krista, uh, let's give a mic drop moment, Monica, to the banged up shorthanded Cowboys who got their first win of the season, 2017 at the gun on a 56-yarder from Greg Zerline. Wasn't pretty, but they got it in and in shorthanded. Coming up, uh, Monday Night Football against the Eagles, the second of, co- of the Cowboys' five primetime experiences. Once again, even though the Cowboys haven't been in the Super Bowl for a minute, they still get a lot of, of primetime appearances. Uh, and other Cowboys news, we love these sports business stories here on the Mic Drop. Fanatics taking over the online and mobile merchandising for the team in a 10-year deal. This is big news because the Cowboys had had uh, done this in-house while a lot of other uh, franchises farmed it out. So Fanatics closing a big deal with the Cowboys. 
Uh, also, this is a big week uh, for SMU coming off the dramatic Hail Mary victory at Louisiana Tech last weekend with Tanner Mordecai uh, connecting with Reggie Robertson on a Hail Mary to pull out the, the victory over Louisiana Tech. Uh, and of course, this week is, is TCU SMU week, the 100th meeting uh, for the Iron Skillet, the 100th meeting between TCU and SMU. They played for the Iron Skillet since 1946. Monica, do you know why they play for an Iron Skillet? I have no clue, Sully. Please enlighten me. Well, you know, there really is no true answer. There's a kind of an urban legend that uh, way back in the late 40s, I think it was, that there was a, a SMU fan tailgating, frying up some frog frog's legs. Uh, and then <laughs> later it evolved into, well, let's play for an iron skillet. Let's have the winner get the skillet, not in the pregame tailgate. But other people at, at SMU and TCU have shot that down. So it's a little bit of a mystery of why they play for the iron skillet. You know who leads the all-time series, Monica? Uh, I'm hoping it's SMU. You know, I would have thought it was SMU, but it's TCU 51 41 with seven ties. So, so, uh, well, we're going to make up some, we'll make up some ground this, this weekend, I think. Uh, and I, I think Sully, uh, Dallas mayor, Eric Johnson just, uh, named, uh, iron skillet week here in Dallas. Uh, I think there's been some bantering back and forth between uh, our mayor and, and Dallas and Fort Worth and, uh, uh, at least they're not frying up frog legs now. I think I think the bet has more to do with barbecue, maybe. And, of course, where the hardware of the skillet is going to reside for the next year. But barbecue, probably a little better than some frog legs. But some could disagree with me. Yeah, and we, we like the way SMU has, has uh, through its marketing campaign and other steps to become Dallas's college football team, it's it's pretty cool. Of course, we have friends in Fort Worth, but, but uh, let's see how that goes. Uh, this weekend. Also, Monica, congratulations to a uh, friend of the pod, Vicki Johnson, head coach of the Dallas Wings, as they head into the playoffs this week. We loved having uh, Vicki Johnson on the mic drop several weeks ago. We loved having Alicia Gray uh, of the, uh, not only of the, of the uh, Dallas Wings of the WNBA, but also Olympic gold medalists from the, from the three-on-three uh, tournament in, in Tokyo. Uh, you think uh, you got a good feeling about the Wings? A very young team heading into the playoffs. What do you think? Very exciting uh, for, for this playoff season. I think they've been playing well. Um, excited f for me personally. Uh, we're about to get into our planning of our, our women's Final Four. And uh, when we hosted it last time in, in uh, 2017, the Wings were just new to the DFW area. So uh, they're looking to get really more engaged and uh, really in tune. And how can we really expand to the greater audience for, for women's and girls' basketball. So uh, hopefully the, the DFW women's basketball fans, or even if you're not a fan of women's basketball, will get out and, and support them. They really need your help, and uh, uh, excited to see them progressing in the playoffs. What else is happening at the Dallas Sports Commission you want to fill us in? Oh, Sully, uh, we, we, we got big news um, here. Uh, we have a little bit more definitive uh, answers on our site visits for our FIFA World Cup. So this has been something that we've been working on for over four years now. And uh, obviously due to the pandemic, uh, things have been delayed and put on hold a little bit. But uh, October uh, 23rd, 24th, uh, 24th mainly, uh, we'll be hosting FIFA delegates and U.S. soccer uh, delegates here 
in the Metroplex. It'll be one of the quickest site visits and detailed site visits that we've probably ever executed. Usually we have a little bit more time, but uh, obviously for FIFA to get around to 17 different U.S. cities, uh, but we'll be spending a lot of time at AT&T Stadium, a lot of time talking about uh, FIFA Fan Fest and the really great three different options, and I think three options that we could uh, easily execute uh, all at once uh, rather than just having one Fan Fest here in the Metroplex with uh, Fair Park. So think of more of a state fair type of feel, and then obviously the entertainment area outside of uh, Texas Live and uh, Globe Life Field, uh, and then downtown Fort Worth and Sundance Square. So a lot of great opportunities there. They'll see training venues, uh, and we, we may talk a little bit uh, International Broadcast Center as well. So excited to, to get that moving. You should hear a lot about that here in the, in the media upcoming over the next month or two. I look forward to hear, hearing more about that in the coming weeks. So much going on. The Stars start training camp this week. Mavericks right around the corner. The State Fair of Texas starts this week. We're excited about that. If you want to know more on that, check out last week's episode with Mitch Gleber, president of the, the uh, State Fair of Texas. So lots happening as always. Back in a moment with Al Wash to talk about the State Fair Classic and much more. First, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. All right, Sally, what are you doing this weekend? Because I'm going to the Dallas Zoo. The Dallas Zoo provides guests with real-life opportunities to make memorable connections with its more than 2,000 animals. Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com today to purchase your tickets. Thanks, Rachel. Now we're pleased to welcome Al Wash to the mic drop. He's the president of AWL Entertainment a full-service entertainment company best known for their national production and promotions of jazz and gospel tours uh, and the State Fair Classic football game hosted at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Al has been involved with the State Fair Classic for 34 years and has worked with names such as Prince, Gladys Knight, Boys to Men, and many others. We are really happy to welcome Al to the mic drop. How are you doing tonight, Al? Fine. How are you doing? Well, Al, very, very excited to have you here on the mic drop. A uh, big weekend for us, uh, kicking off the State Fair, a, a true classic uh, that we're privileged to uh, host here in Dallas uh, between Grambling State and Preview A&M. Uh, give us an idea, Al, of what makes this game so exciting, so special, what can fans uh, expect, and not just the football on the field, but you have a lot of other events uh, and things that are pl typically planned around uh, this big weekend for us. Well, and that's what, that's what makes it so exciting that we never really marketed a football game. We marketed an event. And, you know, with being in the state fair, which has been a plus for us, um, you know, and it's, it's, we don't rank in the top five in attendance of classic football games across the country. So, uh, and we were involved, ALW Entertainment, we were involved in the, uh, the Hall of Fame H, uh, HBCU Classic. We put that together up in Canton, Ohio with Tennessee State and Grambling. So, uh, you know, we do a lot of different type of activities. We did high school, but we know how to put together a classic game. And like the old Eddie Robinson would say, we know how to put butts in seats. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Al, you know, for, for what I do, I really like to hear uh, about butts and seats. Uh, that's that's uh, 
that's my language there. So, you know, from a historical standpoint, why do you think, I mean, you're expecting what, 50, 60,000, uh, I think this weekend, uh, we had to make a little pivot, uh, for last year's, uh, game that was actually taking place in March. And then, uh, uh, we had, a obviously our, our weather situation in February and it was actually moved to globe life. So it'll be back at cotton bowl stadium this year. Um, 50, 60,000 people. How do you, how do you get those butts in seats and, and what makes it, uh, really so special. And I think our listeners might want to know a little bit about this uh, battle of the bands. Well, you know, we do market the game through our three states, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, and Louisiana. Now we do have people coming from all over the country to see this game. And when I looked at the uh, last report about three or four days ago, and I saw we even had somebody coming from Montana and I said, you know, must be some strong alumni living in Montana, but they coming from Montana, Colorado, and uh, uh, California, New York, they come from everywhere. And of course, you know, being in Texas, Prairie View has the Marching Storm, which is known for their band. Everybody know what Gremlin does. But if you've never seen Prairie View A&M University, you're in for a treat. Uh, they, you know, they call them the girls, the black foxes, and that's what they are. They, they come out there and they step high and they march. And it's, you know, you're talking about about 400 people in a band, which is, you know, a large amount of people. So, uh, and then you got to look at the fact that Prairie View has 52% of a student population is made up of people in the North Texas area. So, you know, the great population, and that was one of the oldest schools that teachers and coaches years ago, they could only go to Prairie View A&M. So, you know, you have a lot of alumni, you have more alumni in Dallas than if you take all the HBCUs and total them up. Wow, those are some impressive stats there. You know, a lot of people think of uh, the State Fair, obviously know the importance of Texas OU and the Red River Show down here and uh, are, are aware of Grambling State and, and Prairie View, uh, really a staple for, for the Dallas sports community. Um, is it true, Al, this game has been played for, for 89 years. Uh, has it always been Grambling and Prairie View? Uh, you know, will it always continue to be? Or are there other opportunities for us even to maybe expand and host multiple HBCU games here in the Dallas area? Well, no, it hadn't always been uh, Grambling and Prairie View. Years ago, it started out with Langston uh, and Bishop College came in uh, and, and played a couple of years. About four years, that's what it started out with. And then Prairie View came in and, and took over from Bishop College. And then Gremlin, when Eddie Robinson came in and started playing the game, you know, he looked at what was happening and, and he loved Dallas. So he always recruited heavy out of Dallas. And uh, which he told me, he said, son, if you can put people in the stands and Prairie View hadn't won a game in eight years, just think what you can do with us, you know, get on board, you know? So we started promoting Grambling and Prairie View years ago. 
And it's been history ever since. Uh, and we build it and uh, we continue to build it as an event. We don't have the typical tailgating because of the state fair. When you're in the world's largest fair, one of the top uh, HBCU games in the country, you know, I mean, good things bound to happen. And I think our attendance is going to be great. And the weather look like it's going to be great. So uh, we, we are expecting a big crowd. Hal, we were just talking about the TCU-SMU rivalry. How intense is, has the rivalry become between Grambling and, and Prairie View, you know, based on this meeting every year at the State Fair of Texas? Well, you know, and I was, I was telling the athletic directors, I say the coaches don't really sell the game like they should because they, they are good friends. The coach at Prairie View, he was at Grambling before he went to Prairie View. He's only been at Prairie View. This is his fourth year. And and Grambling hadn't beat him since uh, he's been over there. Mm. So, uh, the, you know, it's kind of like quietly kept, you know, with the, the head football coaches, but the, uh, the students, the faculty, you know, the bands, I mean, they talk it up. So, you know, we're, we're going to be talking with Todd Krumholtz in a few minutes uh, about Deion Sanders, uh, of course, who's who's now at Jackson State. It seems like HBCUs, you know, we've got Steph Curry supporting the golf team at Howard. It seems like athletics at at HBCUs are finally getting a little bit more attention and, and support. What What is the state of 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 uh, football, let's say, at at HBCUs uh, uh, this year? Well, I mean, I'm not going to say it was all on Dion that made the difference, but I think when Dion came on board and because of who he is and speak what he speak, that's something that no other coaches at an HBCU school has done before and speak out. You know, Dion, he'll take on all challenges and, and, uh, and he'll play anybody and he feel like he can beat them. Well, some of these other coaches, they take it as, hey, let's go make this payday and help our athletic uh, program budget. And, and that's not the case. If you're going to play one of these uh, Division I schools, you need to have a chip on your shoulder and say, we're going to win. You know, bottom line is. Right. Well, that's that's how it ought to be. I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, now, uh, we mentioned some of the shifting away from football for a minute. We mentioned some of the enter- name, the big names in entertainment that you've worked with through 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 ALW Entertainment through the years. What what is what's what's a favorite story or two that that comes to mind about some of the great superstars you've worked with in in entertainment? Well, you know, it's been a it's been a lot of uh, different stories, and you know, and. I, I, some of them I can't talk about, but, you know, some of my favorite people that people told me don't work with them. They going to be hard. They this and they that. And they turn out to be some of the best people in the world. And one is Mary J. Blige. They told me when I first went to Mary J. Blige, they called me. I didn't call Mary J. And, and when I took on the challenge, it was, uh, it was pleasant. You know, we did, I think we did about 15 weeks in a row, five shows a, a week. She was never late. She performed. We got a trainer and put on the road. 
I really felt sorry for because they worked the hell out of Mary J. Blige on the uh, field. But but there's been other occasions like, you know, artists that, that are difficult to work with. And, you know, I've had artists that decide they didn't want to go on stage because they didn't have the right keyboard, you know? And I, I just couldn't believe that, you know? And, and, you know, so we've done a lot of different things. And I think my relationship with the Tom Joiners and of the world and, and doing things and, and taking on challenges, you know, I was the first one to put Steve Harvey in a theater, you know, wow. Tyler Perry, you know, I did a lot of shows with Tyler Perry. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot of uh, challenges. And, and when you get Steve and Tyler on the, uh, on the interview, first thing they gonna say, you know how we met? We met through Al Wash, you know, and my phone will start ringing and people say, man, they talking about you, you know? But, you know, all these guys, I think the, uh, the unique thing is some of them keep the level head and then some of them get the big headed and, uh, you know, and, and, and money changes people, you know, it's, it, it, it has a change, you know, if, if I was making millions and millions of dollars, I think I would change a little bit, you know. Just a little. Yeah. Well, now, Al, you're inspiring me to go buy a lottery ticket tonight because I think my life might change, too, if I won a million dollars. But so, Al, I'm, I'm interested to know, um, bucket list, you've done a lot of things from an entertainment standpoint to sports. Uh, what's left out there? What do, what do you want your next big thing to be? Well, it's not as far as uh, promoting and, and entertainment business, uh, not anything that uh and anyone that I have not played but one person and we got pretty close this this year and I think we're gonna do it next year is Stevie Wonder. You know, he's been a idol of mine for for many years and uh he's super people and you know I've dealt with his radio station out of in California. He owns a radio station. So uh uh I think we're going to end up playing him in Chicago next year. And a lot of people are saying, well, how did you get a Stevie Wonder date? You know, so, you know, I think I'm looking forward to that. Well, I would love to see Stevie Wonder myself. Uh, Al, before we let you go, uh, can you give our listeners an idea? What What is your schedule of events look like here for this weekend? And are tickets still available? And if so, where can where can our listeners go to get some? Well, you can always go to Ticketmaster and on the on the uh, websites uh, Ticketmaster and buy there. And Williams Chicken, Williams Chicken has 50 locations here in Dallas and the Grambling Prairie View alumni. The one thing that we've we've always done, we kept this game in the community, where it's it's the community's game. They can all the community people can make money. You have people spending money on a side of town that when when Texas OU come into town, they don't come into Oak Cliff. They don't spend the money in, in South Dallas unless it's out at the fair. But on this game, the game is, you know, is in the community. People can make money. You can buy your tickets in the community. You can, you know, I've had some club owners tell me this game night is 
bigger than New Year's Eve for the clubs in this city. So, you know, restaurant, clubs, it's one thing that we do. We eat, we drink, we party. And <laughs> the, the one, one unique thing was the, the year that Eddie Robinson broke Bear Bryant's record in the Cotton Bowl. There was a guy there, the uh, manager of the Cotton Bowl, and uh, he said, he told all the police officers, I want y'all to go and circle the goalpost so they're going to tear down the goalpost. I said, hold on, sir. I said, you don't have to worry about this crowd. Look at the way they dress. They ain't clamming up on no goalposts. <laughs> they going to party tonight. <laughs> we party. We don't clam goalposts and tear down the goalposts. <laughs> so so that's, that's, that's a unique thing that I think we always cherish. And, and even with Eddie Robinson being on the cover of Sports Illustrated and and, and, and to have an Eddie Robinson and a Doug Williams who coached there at Grambling, you know, and, and, and he's still part of the game. When Doug is not playing, he's at the Washington Redskins, he always come into the, to the city to watch the game. Al, thanks so much for joining us. Really great stories and a privilege to have you on and all the best. The State Fair Classic, Prairie View A&M versus Grambling. And now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. The Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse STEM workforce of tomorrow right here in Dallas. Become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark. Visit perotmuseum.org for more information. Thanks, Rach. Now we're happy to be joined by Todd Krumholtz, the managing director of JTK Talent. He's got years of experience in athlete marketing. He's worked alongside some of the biggest brands and biggest names in business and, and in sports. Monica, he's a UT alum, so you've got oh, yeah. that Hook connection em. going for you. Hook him. We had, uh, Todd, we had uh, Clarence Hill Jr. on from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram last week, and he predicted that Rice would make everything better here early in the, in the Sark era, so he was right about that. Yeah. Uh, Todd, Todd's got a sports law degree from Marquette, amazing connections. He's done deals for the likes of Deion Sanders, Tony, Tony Dorsett, Jimmy Johnson, just to name a few. Todd, welcome to the mic drop. Uh, thanks for having me. So tell us about JTK Talent. <clears throat> well, um, J is my first initial. So my first name is Joseph. Um, so it's just JTK. It's just me. Uh, and and then I contract as needed for projects. Uh, so I, I was at a local agency here in Dallas at a law school and did that for six years uh, working for them, a sports marketing agency called Genesco, mm -hmm. and uh, left there after the Super Bowl that was in New Orleans in uh, February 2013, which is the Super Bowl that the lights shut off, um, that Super Bowl and went out on my own and have been doing it ever since. So I guess eight and a half years of uh, doing athlete marketing and talent procurement um, projects. And we've had John Tatum on the program yeah. from Genesco. I don't, I don't know that people realize what a large business talent representation, uh, you know, how much of that business goes on here in Dallas. So can you talk about that a little bit? You know, yeah, why Dallas? Sure. Dallas is kind of a home field advantage, right? When it comes to sports marketing. 
for sure. I mean, it, when you when you watch, you know, it's changed a little bit over the last couple of years. But when you used to watch uh, NFL Network on Sunday, and you look at the desk, and it's Ladanian Tomlinson, who lives in Fort Worth. It's Dion, who lives all over the Metroplex. It's Michael Irvin, who lives in Frisco. I mean, you know, all those guys. I was like, they should just move NFL Network to, you know, have a desk in Dallas to do their Sunday program because all the talent is here except for Rich Eisen, you know. Um, so, yeah, you, you definitely, the Dallas market is spoiled with, uh, with athletes and retired guys and guys that didn't even play here necessarily uh, professionally, but they retire here. We've got to ask you about the new commercial that you were involved in making happen, Deion Sanders, Nick Saban, and, of course, the Aflac Duck. Yeah, in that, in that commercial. If you haven't seen it, everybody needs to go on YouTube and, and watch this. How did that deal come together? Yeah, so it's it's again, it's just the Dallas uh, Dallas Sports Business Network, um, you know, coming to coming to life. Really, um, you know, there's there's a guy named Brian Loftus who now is at CAA uh, that used to be at the Richards Group that then was at Lagardere that left to go to CAA when Pizza Hut got the NFL. Um, then he started working on the Affleck account. Uh, Dion and I developed a relationship over the last decade or so doing deals uh, for Pepsi and Frito-Lay. And um, he was actually a big part of uh, Verizon's uh, countdown to Super Bowl, which I, I'm, I'm sure Monica remembers the 45 days uh, to Super Bowl, 45 days of Super Bowl for Super Bowl 45. And uh, so Dion and I have become friends um, with all these projects. Loftus is, uh, is working on this Affleck account. Affleck's, Affleck is like, Hey, how do we get in touch with Dion in a in a quick fashion to figure out if, if something like this will work? And you know, we just connect the dots, uh, reach out to Dion, see if it's something that he would be uh, interested in, and then coordinate with his team on on schedule. And they shot it in uh, June in Tuscaloosa. Well, Todd, first off, uh, I, I need to get with my mic drop team and get the clip of the NFL Network. Just needs to move everything to Dallas. I don't know if we can do any better. <laughs> Uh, than that. So I, I appreciate that and, and totally agree. Um, we just had Al Wash on with State Fair Classic and obviously host two uh, HBCU uh, universities here coming up this weekend. Uh, it's my understanding from this deal that we were just discussing with uh, Dion that uh, with his uh, affiliation with Jackson State, uh, where he's coaching at, that they also uh, possibly benefited from this this deal? Yeah. Um, yeah, so so Dion um, Dion's manager uh, who manages all of his day to day work and is a big part of his business uh, dealings is a is a group called Smack, and the uh, the S in Smack stands for Strahan, who's also a HBCU alum, and and uh, him Strahan and his partner Constance are uh, uh, Dion's manager. And they have stepped in big time with Jackson State and the entire HBCU, really, in their conference uh, as a marketing tool for them. So most of most of Dion's uh, new uh, new deals are they're asking you know for some sort of partnership, uh, whether that's with Jackson State individually or the conference. So so yes, we did uh, we did incorporate that into 
into the package. Well, I think that's fantastic. Uh, you know, on the mic drop, we talk a lot about um, athletes that, that remain here and the charitable aspects and how giving uh, our Dallas community and, and those other athletes back to, to different causes. Um, do you regularly like to include a charitable aspect in some of your deals and, and with the athletes that you're dealing with? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, some guys, uh, it's kind of a generational thing or, or, um, you know, some, some guys individually will say, Hey, I'll do this deal. Uh, just donate the money to this charity or to this foundation. Um, so, you know, sometimes that happens where, you know, the, the actual agreement is, is via their foundation or, um, or a group that they work with, you know, uh, we've done, a lot of work with uh, with like Troy in the United Way. Actually, back a long time ago, um, probably ten years ago, Coors Light used to do a big program with HBCUs, and that entire program was around supporting the HBCU classics. So, I would I've been to several uh, Indianapolis and Florida and and uh, different cities classics that they have throughout the season, and bringing athletes on, on behalf of Coors Light. So it depends on a very, you know, a common thing that happens now in these sports deals is, hey, they might not have uh, marketing dollars, but they might have community involvement dollars. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that budget uh, uh, flexibility with where the dollars come from for some of these programs. But I would say that a lot of companies, um, I'm working on something now for a client that is a NBA partner and the whole project is athlete focused, but it is uh, part of their NBA charitable uh, component, not their, uh, you know, B2C uh, program. Awesome. So uh, something piqued uh, my interest uh, when, when I was looking through the briefing sheet here, you know, my day job as a sports commission, uh, but my night job, um, a lot of people don't realize that I'm a realtor, newly uh, licensed realtor. So uh, I have a few different interests. It looks like as you um, invested in several different companies, uh, one of my favorites being Tiff's Treats. So now, uh, Sully, we know where to go for uh, our, our snacks for uh, the, yeah, the by, mic drop. By the way, I I'm all in on tips, treats, big time user. My wife, Joe, and I call that number, call that play all the time. So uh, we're, we're on board, uh, Todd. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Todd, how many uh, investments do you have? What draws you to a company? Um, I mean, it's a rather lengthy list of investments, I think, in companies that. Uh, um... Yeah. Well, you know, and part of that, part of that was when I, when I did leave Genesco, I had a little bit more flexibility to do things uh, creatively or, or differently. So uh, I kind of got engaged early on with a couple companies more as a, Hey, give me uh, give me a little bit of equity and I'll, I'll help you do some work or work with you on some partnerships or sponsorships. Um, you know, Tiff's treats is obviously an Austin, Austin based company, but uh, Tiff and Leon, the uh, founders went to Berkner. So, so they are, uh, they're local Dallas. Uh, I think they're, maybe Berkner 95 or 96 or something like that. They're uh, Dallas sites uh, growing up. And so a lot of, a lot of the tips treats team is from Dallas uh, from Berkner. Um, and they've been there since the beginning when they were just one shop in uh, downtown Austin or, you know, barely a shop in downtown Austin. 
Um, so I kind of got involved with them via via those relationships and some friends of mine that work there. Uh, Mizzen in Maine is is another one that's local in Dallas, and I and I actually met them. I was working with Pudge, and uh, and Pudge said, "Hey, I heard of these shirts. I I tried one on, or I saw one at a golf event, and I really liked them, and I'd like to get involved or find out more about it." And so we went over there. Their office is in the design district, um, and met with Kevin, the CEO, uh, founder of Mizzen in Maine, and he said that he was raising money, and I you know, got to participate uh, in that a few years ago. So I was, it was, it was uh, kind of organic and they kind of came together. My wife would say too many times uh, that we participate in some of these, but it was kind of that flexibility that I got when I went out on my own to divert some attention to some of these, um, you know, sweat equity almost programs and then would work, work my own personal investment into it at some point too. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a member of Joe Montana's tech fund out in California, which came about just from working with him on some projects. And, um, uh, there's a local media company here called chat sports that relocated from San Francisco that does a lot of, uh, media work, uh, and coverage of teams and YouTube. It's all kind of, it's all online type stuff. Um, but I started with them as a, as a consultant. So They've all kind of got their own little little story, and um, you know, it, it's been that's been a fun thing to be able to do with my with my independence. Well, definitely a, a very good list. Uh, one of them, I I, uh, I buy flip flops from on a regular basis, so uh, I, I did recognize yeah. some names on there. Uh, and yeah. I, I guess one of my well, my next question was, and you may have just answered it a little bit, uh, were you, you know, by investing or getting to know these companies, did that lead you to kind of start your own business and, and, and get a taste of that? Or I, it sounds like that was already kind of in motion uh, uh, as these investment opportunities came up. Yeah, I think I think it was it was uh, it was all kind of steamrolling at the same time from from 2013 to to 2015 is when all that kind of transitioned for me. But um, but yes, you know, Hari Mari and Hari Mari is a great example of uh, that's a neighbor. They live in, they live in uh, Lakewood area around me and, you know, got to know them. And we, we've done several, I've done several deals for them uh, with Cole Hamels was, uh, did, did three years with Cole Hamels of being uh, in their creative and, you know, photo shoot and, and promoting their products. We did uh, Jenny Finch for them. Um, so, you know, some of these, some of these investments, I'm, or, you know, these partnerships that I, that I've formed, I'm able to turn into, you know, kind of a, a project for, for myself too, and, and, uh, get to engage them with, uh, with athletes. Well, a, a reoccurring theme in, in a lot of our podcasts with our listeners is Dallas really is the, the, the best place for business, for sports. Uh, the different, whether it be athletes to marketing and, you know, agencies to uh, conferences, um, obviously our professional teams and, and the success and the business focus and mindset that they have. Why do you think that is, Todd? I mean, we're, we're very blessed to, to live in the, the sports market that we do here in the DFW area. Yeah, I mean, you know, through a lot of hard work from people like yourself and, and, and the community that has been developing over the last 20 years. I mean, obviously the business headquarters and um, 
and all the companies that have offices here in, in DFW uh, allow for a lot of agency support. And as people like John Tatum um, that built out that component of agency life that is, you know, sports marketing, consulting, uh, and strategy, you know, you've, you've now got, um, sport five, you've got, uh, marketing arm, you've got Genesco, you've got all these different sports marketing consulting agencies, uh, that are here because of that development of that, uh, arm of business. So I think that, I think the business side is just kind of compiled and, and it just keeps building and building and building. And then when you add a Pizza Hut, then now, you know, when CAA got the Pizza Hut business a few years ago, then CAA uh, Corporate Consulting has an office in Dallas, which they didn't have before. And so then that kind of builds out. Now you, you might have, you know, where they had zero people five years ago, now they have six people, you know? So uh, as those as those um, relationships and, and and partnerships with the agencies develop, more and more uh, offices open here. And then I think I think that uh, you know for my side of the business on the athlete side, you know it is funny when you uh, when sometimes a client is like, hey, we need an athlete that lives in this town. You know, we need them for a, a speaking engagement. Who can we get? Who's local? you know, it's a lot harder sometimes in, town, in, other, in other cities to find, to find a player that still lives there. You know, I mean, you're hard pressed to find a Packer that lives in Wisconsin. You know, there, there's, there's only a couple, you know. Um, so if you've got a smaller local appearance and you're trying to find somebody for it, uh, in Dallas, it's easy. There's 50 guys that you could reach out to. Um, so I think, I think that a lot of the athletes live here for the obvious reasons as direct flights, um, you know, cheap, cheaper living, they can buy land, good schools. Um, Don't forget Tiff's weather. Treats. Yeah, Tiff's Treats market. Uh, you know, so I, I, think, I, think that, I think that it all just kind of adds up to being, you know, a top three market with, I think, L.A., in New York as far as sports business. Yeah, once again, Todd, a, a home court, home field advantage for Dallas when it comes to sports business and sports philanthropy and everything else. So thanks for joining us here on the Mic Drop. All the best for continued success with JTK Talent. And now over to Rachel with a word from one of Thank our you. sponsors. Thanks for having me. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rachel. And now, what a blast it is to welcome Donovan Lewis to the mic drop. Some people call him Donnie Dew. I don't call him Donnie Dew, but I do call him the great Donovan once in a while. Another one of his names. Donovan Lewis, a longtime favorite at the ticket during the 10 to noon slot, co-hosting with the legendary Norm Hitz, because Donovan could write a book one day about that. Cut his teeth at the ticket as the third host on Bad Radio with Bob Sturm, friend of the pod and Dan McDowell. Prior to that, he was at 93.3 The Bone. Donovan, 
Welcome to the mic drop. Kevin, so good to see you, man. How you been doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, we are. I'm doing this from Wisconsin, where tonight, today, today, the Ryder Cup gets underway. U.S. versus Europe. Lots of Dallas connections. Uh, Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth from Dallas and UT. Bryson DeChambeau played at SMU. Uh, what do you think? What's going to happen here? What should we expect uh, this weekend from Whistling Straits in Kohler, Wisconsin? Well, first of all, Sully, I was shaking my head because you're in Wisconsin and I'm not. So I <laughs> thought we were better than that. I thought you knew that I needed to be with you out there to check out the Ryder Cup. No, I'm a, you know, I'm new to this golf game. So I'm really excited about the Ryder Cup and to see how the young U.S. team is going to go up against the veterans uh, uh, in an, on the international team. It should be fun because you don't have a lot of experience. I think there are six rookies on the uh, uh, U.S. Right. Ryder Cup team. So now I'm just expect to see if they can handle the pressure because this is a whole different type of thing. This is just not a normal uh, uh, PGA event where you go out there and everybody's rooting for you and everybody's clapping for you. No, you're going to have some enemies and they're going to be loud now that you can have fans and stuff uh, over at Whistling Straits. So if they can handle the pressure, if they can realize that, hey, this is a whole different animal and don't get too far behind uh, while they're trying to figure that out. I think you have the Bombers of the U.S. that may have a little bit of a chance to surprise the international team. You know, the uh, Monica's favorite player is Brooks Kepka, And, of course, you're right. The average age of this team is 29. It's the youngest Ryder Cup team since the very first one was played in 1927. Uh, but Kepka is one of the veterans. I think this is his third Ryder Cup team. Uh, Monica, what are you, are you ready? I mean, Kepka hurt his wrist. It's, he says he's hundred percent healthy. What are you, what are I, you thinking? I, I'm, I'm ready, Sully. Uh, you, you're making me uh, turn red over here. Just talking about him a little bit. Uh, you know, but I do have to talk to you. Kepka's going to be fine on, on the course, but Sully, what I really need to talk to you about is you're on mic drop assignment out there and, you know, we're supposed to be having a preview here. Uh, Kepka's supposed to be joining us on, the uh, on the mic drop. He's supposed to pop in that, that hotel room. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, but we'll, we'll look weeks down the road to see, uh, if you can redeem yourself there. And it's only day I, I, one. I, 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 yeah, Donnie, I was Donnie was supposed to be my plus one. I let him down. I let you down by not having Brooks burst into the room here while we're recording. So I'll, I'll just have to make it up to you. You know, in two years, we're going to do this, God willing, in Rome. So maybe we can all go to Italy uh, together. Uh, so Donovan, this is the portion of the program where we bring in a, a, a local media luminary to ask, what are you downloading? What are you streaming? You know, we just had the Emmys. Uh, last weekend, and of course, a number of our uh, guests have talked talked about Mayor of Easttown, which won a few. Of course, Ted Lasso cleaned up. Uh, we saw uh, quite a few of our recommendations, but it doesn't have to be a TV show or a movie. It could be a podcast, a book. It could be music. So what are you streaming? What are you downloading these days? You know, I'm glad you said that because everyone's talking about Ted Lasso and I haven't seen an episode. I am going to jump into it, but just hearing everybody talk about it, of course, the curiosity is through the roof. So I'm going to get to that in the other shows. But uh, you know me and I've been in the sports game for a long time. So I love sports books. And so I heard uh, my coworkers from uh, Noon to Three, Jake Kemp and uh, Dan McDowell, talking about this book that I have in front of me that I'm reading right now. It's called Can't Knock the Hustle by Matt Sullivan. And Matt Sullivan was embedded in the Brooklyn Nets 
uh, organization for an entire year. He got some incredible access. So I'm kind of in the middle of reading this book and it's incredible to see the, uh, read the behind the scenes about how this super team kind of is going about their business. It's pretty wild, Kevin. I know you've been in, a, uh, in sports for a while also. I think you really would enjoy this if you haven't already. And I had a birthday party, uh, I turned 50 in August. So uh, I got this gift. And no I way, wait, no way. Yeah, yeah, 50 man, the big <laughs> one. And I got this book as a gift and I cannot wait to read it. I, I don't know if I can handle reading two books at a time. So I have to finish this one before I start the uh, this next one. But I'm a huge boxing fan. My dad loves boxing. So growing up, we would watch all the boxing matches, even when they were on closed circuit. Sully, I know you remember that. We'd go yeah. check them out and everything. So I got this book by Dave Kindred, and it's called Sound and Fury. And it's with uh, about Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali, the relationship that they had. So I cannot wait to crack open this book and check that out. And of course, there's an Ali documentary by Ken Burns that's on PBS right now. And I think part three is a recording tonight. So I haven't started it yet, but once I get all of those episodes uh, on my DVR, I will binge those in a heartbeat because I, I love Ali. I love everything about him and what he meant to uh, to our people uh, coming up and, and the fight that he fought and all that. So uh, I'm looking forward to that Ali documentary and those two sports books are really high on my list. Monica, what are you uh, downloading these days? Oh, you know, Sully, I fail you all the time on, on the download. No, no download, just football. But I have another question for, for Donnie, uh, something that really piqued my interest here. Donnie, I, I want to know a little bit more about Donnie's DFW Dominoes that supports At Last. I hear this past uh, few years you've raised over $120 million, or $120,000, uh, benefits elementary uh, education and, and young kids. Uh, it's the third annual event. I, I need some more details here, mainly because I have family members who who plays who play dominoes. I play every Thanksgiving and Christmas. I need to know: Are we talking straight dominoes? Forty-two. Give me the details here, Donnie. Okay, we're talking fives, straight Five. dominoes. Okay, and I really learned how to play when I was in college. That's when I kind of took it to the next level. My grandfather. Uh, taught us how to play dominoes coming up, but I really didn't get into it, of course, until you had all that downtime in college. I was supposed to go to <laughs> class and I had my downtime. So we would play a ton. So uh, we were just kind of looking for something that could help uh, maybe put an identifier as far as I'm concerned about a charity that I wanted to be involved in and an event that's kind of unique to me. So I thought about, hey, I haven't heard about anyone having a domino tournament. So let's do that. So we tried to put that together. And then the charity is at last. It is an urban boarding experience that's uh, located in 75216. And that's the zip code that I grew up in. That's the zip code that my parents still stay in. As a matter of fact, the main, uh, the main house for at last is about a mile and a half from where I grew up. And it's pulling elementary kids from the elementary school that I went to and what it allows them to do. Sometimes, even if they're elementary kids, if they're eight, nine years old, they're the oldest kid in their house. And maybe they have a single mom that's working a lot, working nights, and they're the adult in the house trying to take care of uh, younger siblings. And they don't have an opportunity to focus on their schoolwork and maybe they'll get behind a little bit. So this allows them Sunday through Thursday to stay at, at last where they will get all the tutoring and counseling they need, all the meals that they need and a nice place to stay so they can focus on their education and make sure that they're doing well in school and then they go home on the weekend. So in the year that it's been open, 
with the help of all the incredible P1s and everyone that is uh, donated to uh, uh, this charity, the grades have improved by 21%. So in the three years we've been doing this, we are really, really close to topping $300,000 as far as the total for all three years. So it's incredible, incredible uh, generosity from everyone who's listening. And uh, it's fun to have watch people play dominoes and all the winners of the brackets play me, the king, uh, on that oh. Saturday. And uh, they had six different brackets. So I had six different opponents and I went four and two. So that was a real big improvement from last year when I went two and four and was almost run out of my own domino tournament. We can't have that. We cannot have that. So uh, thank you for asking about that. Uh, uh, the, the, the charity is, is really, really unique. It's really doing great things for kids in my old neighborhood. And uh, uh, I, I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to continuing this to see how much more money we can raise to help the kids out at LS. Well, I think uh, I think I'll be entering the tournament uh, next year. I, and it took me as a challenge. If if I get to play you, uh, okay, that that uh, I, I'm ready. I'll start practicing up a little bit. Very, very well. You, you I, I'm going to see the competitor in me will tell you you need to practice, but you probably don't have to practice that much. You'll probably beat me handily. I well, just like to talk. No, it's like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, we may have to teach Sully how to play dominoes. I'm not sure if uh, I, I don't know okay, what his there, experience yeah. is there. I've played a little bit, uh, like you, Monica, at family gatherings once or twice a year. But uh, I'll get my game in shape. I'd love to be a part of this. Uh, thanks for doing that, Donovan. Once again, we see an, uh, uh, the great hearts of the Dallas-Fort Worth media giving back to the community. Uh, we see it time and again. This is a really cool program. So thanks for doing that and and all the best. And don't forget, everybody, Kent Knock the Hustle and Sound and Fury, two great book recommendations uh, from Donovan. If you don't want to go to the library or fork over the money, you can use the Libby app and download them from your public library. Try that, along with the Ken Burns, Muhammad Ali documentary. On behalf of Monica Paul and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to our guests, the great Donovan Lewis from The Ticket, Al Wash and Todd Krumholtz, another fun show. Thanks to the Mike Drop production team, my hero, Chris D'Amelia, Marcus Carr, Daniel Whitelaw, the crew at Vocal Media, and our showrunner, Tony Fay. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody, and go USA. Go USA, indeed.